five episodes, I played other theme music, but now being episode number six on Corner of Hunter and George, and welcome to this edition, I decided to change the theme music. Why? Mainly because my previous theme music was a little dark, and I want to have hope now. There isn't a lot of reason to have hope now, not in Peterborough, not in Ontario, not Canada, not the world. Not just because of COVID, but all the ramifications of that, all the things that COVID enforced of what was wrong before. And you have a lot of citizens who are upset and not knowing what to do and turn to one extreme or the other. Somewhat understandable. So that's why I wanted to change. It's kind of an emulated kind of hope. And that goes well with today's guest. Today's guest is Bill Kimball. He's a director at Public Energy in Peterborough. And he's uh, someone who's going to be able to tell us what Public Energy Performing Arts in Peterborough is doing this year. In particular, we wanted to look at airing at King George. Now that's not playing till May 6th to 8th and 13th to 15th, and today is February 2nd that I'm recording this. And my conversation with Bill was from January 30th, 2022. But airing at King George is a multi-arts festival that has not produced its lineup yet, and I'll say more information about it later, and also other shows that Public Energy is doing. But it will see dozens of performing and visual artists, as well as community groups, taking over all three floors of the now-closed King George Public School on Hunter Street East. And numerous performing and visual artists will transform classrooms, hallways, offices, and even the gym into exhibition spaces. So I wanted to get a kind of a heads-up on it while it's going on. There are also other things going on at Public George right now, or, or at King George. Sorry, at Public Energy right now. So you will hear my conversation with Bill, and why I said it went well with it is because uh, Bill, I think, is an optimist. Bill is an optimist. He wants to look at this year with hope, just like Public Energy does. They are, they have stuck to putting their performances on, even with all the darts that COVID has thrown at it, and. It's something that, uh, as an executive director of Public Energy, he is stuck to, and I, like I say in the interview, I commend him for that. Now, just one last thing before you hear the interview. Airing, E-R-R-I-N-G. I took it to be based on the definition that it's having failed to adhere to proper or accepted standards. No, no, no. There's a, the, another definition of airing that Bill will explain to me in this upcoming conversation that you will get to hear right now. Oh, you can hear me. That's good. Well, I was saying thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your weekend. Hey. Um, so, so I guess I, uh, this is more or less kind of a bit of an informational session uh, for myself and I guess for uh, any audience as well. Um, I guess because uh, uh, since you have a long history in it, judging from what I see, uh, both public energy and airing itself, right. um, I guess uh, just starting, I guess, at the most basic thing I can think of um, for 
general public and maybe a reminder of some people in Peterborough itself, uh, if you can explain what public energy is more or less. Right. Yeah. Well, um, we, we actually added two more words to our name and uh, yeah. it was officially now we're public energy performing arts. Hmm. So that um, distinguishes us from the utility um, services in town. Yes. Yeah. That's Which important to note. Yeah. People had so yeah, I mean, the name public energy, you know, it's kind of created as a way of indicating uh, that we uh, try to um, create programming, performing arts programming for, um, uh, you know, as wide a public as possible, as many as, as possible. And, and in many different places, we, we, we do our, our programming in theaters like the market hall theater mostly, uh, but all other ones as well, bigger show place, smaller, like the theater on King and outdoors. We use a lot of outdoor venues and, and in the case of airing, we use uh, buildings that are uh, empty. Um, this is the second time we've done airing. The first time was at uh, the Mount St. Joseph uh, convent, which uh, had been um, emptied. The, the, uh, all the sisters had left it in 2014, and uh, we, 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 we took it over and did airing on the mount with about 60 different artists and dozens and dozens of rooms all over the building. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the airing concept. It, uh, it, it, it puts art in different rooms, art, um, performance, performing arts and visual arts. So we, we really we expand our mandate quite a bit um, for airing beyond, beyond the performing arts. Right. Um, yeah, I will come to the uh, mount, definitely. I guess it's hard to do uh, any sort of interview on any type of topic uh, these days without bringing up COVID. So I guess I'll just put it in this way. Like, uh, mm -hmm. I guess over the last two years, is there major ways that public energy has had to adapt? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there have been. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, the majority of our programming is indoors in, in theaters. Um, so we, uh, we had to give up on that and we just started doing more outdoor programming. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we called it the pivot series in the fall of 2020. And we did um, about eight or nine outdoor shows around the downtown, downtown Peterborough, different mm -hmm. parks and uh, parks and parking lots. Right. And then we did that again. We didn't think we were going to have to do it again, but we did. We did it again in March, in fall of 21. Right. Another pivot series <laughs> with a whole bunch more outdoor shows. But we found ways of going online as well in a few, a few times. Um, we did some online shows. Um, and uh, one of them actually came from the Market Hall Theater. It was a live show in the Market Hall. Um, no audiences there, but it was streamed on, on, online. Um, you know, and we had some recorded, a couple of recorded shows that we put online as well. Um, and we took on a lot of artists in residence, uh, which essentially means um, using our money to support artists who are creating new work and, and, and just giving it to some artists, um, local artists, to, to keep working even though they couldn't uh, be performing. So we, uh, we had four artists in residence this past season who we gave fees to, to, to just continue working on their own. Right. Now, um, 
airing itself, I guess, uh, it goes well back well before 2014. I guess if I'm going by is the is the idea of it like how I sort of define the word, like uh, you know, not uh, adhering to proper or accepted standard practice. Is that kind of the idea of airing in itself? Yeah, you know, that's that's a uh, one one uh, in interpretation of the word. Um, the 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 way we use it more is um, in two ways. One is to wander or get or be lost, and that that's more of a of a outdated um, use of the term. Um, it, not use it that way anymore, but it's it's pretty great, uh, pretty great word for wandering around an old building, getting lost, and uh, and also making mistakes. I mean, erring currently to err. To err is to make a mistake, and uh, that might happen to you when you're wandering around an old building, <laughs> looking right. for, looking for art, and uh, the artist might be making mistakes. Who knows? Um, so those yeah. those are the things. Wandering, oh, yeah. making mistakes. Well, mistakes and wandering are definitely two major elements of life. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. um, <laughs> and Peterborough does have a lot of fascinating old buildings that uh, mm. we, you know, this is not. Uh, I don't want to be saying anything negative about too many communities, but let's just say this is not Vaughn. So you have a lot of old buildings around here. Um, so I guess like it, how airing has been done by public energy is if you can give any sort of historical context to that, how it's been done. Cause I know well, it goes back before 2014. Yeah. I mean, the historical context, yeah, is, is the first airing done in 1996 and um uh, uh, that was the um, Peterborough theater community got together because um, they had just lost a venue. There, there was a small um, um, performance space that was used and it had just been shut down. It was called the union theater. And um, when that happened, um, the, the theater artists that used it decided to take over um, some apartments that were being renovated above the only cafe. And uh, the only cafe, um, was uh, the the owner there Jerome uh, Ackhurst was was um, knocking out all the apartments on the second and third floors to turn it into a theater actually mm. uh, Gordon Best Theater mm. so um, and just before the walls came down uh, in those apartments the uh, theater community got in there and and put shows little short performance pieces um, which were collaborations between visual artists creating a visual artist would create an environment in a room. Uh, in an apartment, and the um, theater artists would create um, short plays to go in there. <clears throat> and um, there were about eight of them, I think it was. Uh, and the audiences just toured from one one uh, old apartment to another. And um, so that airing, so that's that's the that's the start of airing. And and I had been inspired by it. I, I wasn't part of that. Uh, it didn't involve uh, public energy or, or myself. Um, but uh, I've been inspired by it ever since. And I, I kind of always promised myself that, that when another opportunity came along with a, you know, a big old building with a lot of rooms that um, we would uh, recreate the area experience. And that's what happened when the Mount uh, emptied up and became available. So, so we did that airing on the Mount in 2014. And, uh, and uh, since that worked out really well. We 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 did um, airing on the mount for a, a long weekend, three three days. Got over two thousand people out to to watch it, to to experience it, and um, 
So I decided that we would do it again at some point whenever a, a building came up that was appropriate. So, okay. Uh, in George Public School closed down in 20, well, two years ago now, um, mm -hmm. I guess. And, um, yes. No, I can, I can see a lot of possibilities with uh, King George. So it's the reason that like there's these long time gaps between each airing have to do with like finding the right building or also organizing it or any other factors. Yeah. Well, the, the uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the buildings don't come up easily all the time. I, I tried previous buildings to King George. You know, I, I did, uh, you know, two or three years before. So um, the, the one I tried prior was the um, old St. Joseph's Hospital um, development. And, uh, um, you know, that was bought by a development company um, to put in to create apartments. And I was hoping uh, we could do airing uh, before they did all their construction, but uh, it didn't. Uh, it didn't fit them. They they weren't interested. So airing would have happened uh, probably in 2016 or 17, if that had been possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for our 2022 version, which by the way I, is in May, if I'm correct, there. Yes, yeah. yes. It starts May 6th. Right. And what sort of, uh, I guess, uh, features can they, uh, any of uh, the audience expect for this, uh, for this uh, year? No, giving too much away, but yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no, we don't mind. I mean, we're going to be announcing the full lineup uh, anyway. I mean, I mean, we're going to know. Uh, they can, well, they, they can expect to find a variety of performing arts and visual arts. So we have, we've, uh, we're actually um, collaborating with the Art Gallery of Peterborough and with ArtSpace to uh, visual art institutions, which we had not done before, but we're doing that this time. And they are um, choosing artists and, and installing them in, in different rooms in, in the building. Um, um, one of them is an audio installation, actually, interestingly enough, by Ayesha Barmania, um, who's also a local podcaster. Um, and then we have inst installations of... of uh, a visual art, Alice Williams, um, um, an artist uh, from Curve Lake is collaborating with Brad Copping. Um, and um, yeah, so, so, so a, lot of, a lot of rooms will be taken over that way. And then a lot of rooms will be having, having um, performing artists in them. Um, um, one of the performances has to do with the uh, Quaker Oats fire that happened in 26, in, sorry, in 1916, mm -hmm. event um, in the neighborhood. I mean, it, uh, it, it, it was so powerful that it, uh, it actually affected the building. It, 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 the explosions from the Quaker Oats fire uh, were, were felt at the school and it had, the school had to get shut down for the day. And, you know, so, so there's an art, art piece about that, of, of a performance uh, piece um, being done by Rob Forte and Susan Newman, who mm -hmm. are, who are, who are composers and, and singers? Uh, they're, they're, it's going to be a choral, a choral piece, right? Um, well, that's a, that's significant, yes, because uh, uh, anyone doesn't know that uh, that fire is the reason we today have the Hunter Street Bridge, and it kind of is one of the major, definitely, uh, architectural pieces of the city. So that's uh, that's uh, that sounds quite interesting. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. 
I guess I was just sort of thinking in a performance art sense, because I know there's a lot of visual art, like you're saying, but in a performance art sense, has one emphasis of public energy often been in the, often, I, in my opinion, the underappreciated area of dance? Yeah. Is that, is that a fair thing to say? Uh, yeah, going yeah. on your own background as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very good. You, you, you know what, where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, dance is a kind of specialty of ours, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I would I would say um, that in in airing the the, the dance elements uh, can be categorized more of move of movement movement uh, collaborations between dancers and theater artists. So it's like um, a, a theater piece with with very significant movement elements. You mm. find a I can think of one almost pure dance piece in the, in the show, but most of them are collaborations with other forms. Um, uh, Drita Blow, who's a wonderful dancer in town is collaborating with Brad Brackenridge. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and is a, a theater artist and a puppet art maker. Mm-hmm. His, his um, um, creations, his, his, his uh, puppet creations and, and other kind of props will be um, um, uh, kind of animated uh, by Drita Blow's um, uh, dance and movement um, uh, work. So, uh, and Ryan Kerr uh, uh, is a wonderful dancer, is doing a piece with film. Hmm. Um, we've got a bit of a film theme going on. Uh, and when I say film, I mean 16 millimeter film. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... Um, there's a collection of 16 millimeter films that were acquired from the school board that in, in, in town here, um, almost 2000 films are in this collection because the school board got rid of them years ago. And uh, a fellow named Dan Fewings um, took them, took them over just, they donated them to him. And he, he said, let's not lose these. And so for years they've been sitting uh, in storage pretty much. Um, and now his son, Josh, is uh, looking after those films and we knew about them and I wanted to have them get some kind of um, um, exposure in this project. It just seems so obvious. Um, they're educational films. They're short films, you know, three, four or five minutes, maybe 20 minutes long about all kinds of topics. And Ryan Kerr has chosen some films on the topic of safety. Um, safety can be everything from what do you do if there's a nuclear accident to, um, you know, how to, how to uh, use a pair of uh, scissors properly. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's taking the safety thing and creating a dance, a real mm. piece of, of uh, you know, contemporary dance uh, while they are projected around him and through him. And there'll be some other uh, film, um, some other film project as well. Um, Okay. The, the, the Reframe Film Festival, in fact, is, is uh, going to do some programming around that. Oh, is it? Okay. Like for what it's putting on right now, you mean, or just for something it's doing in, in the, the future in, in May? Okay. At the festival, there'll be a room, you know, I think, uh, with, with some films being shown. Oh, lovely. Okay, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so some of those names I recognize and have been like uh, Brad Brackenridge and Ryan Kerr. They've, they've been associated, I believe, with you for quite a number of years. Uh, I, believe, I think I saw the video clip of what you did in the 90s when Brad was involved in that. They That's were, right. That's yes. right. Um, yes, yeah. 
Yeah, so there's a few people who are veterans, but then there's um, Jen Elchuk and the um, who works with the circus community. Uh, Jen, also known as Opal, and uh, Opal is creating a um, again a, a movement piece, you know, mm-hmm. you know, dance movement and circus arts for the staircase. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the artists are going to be. Um, rolling up and down the staircase and at the end there'll be some some rope work as well some some kind of aerial work hanging in the staircase i believe um all to kind of highlight the fact that the building is is quite inaccessible to anybody who who can't walk upstairs this is an element that um we are acknowledging and and kind of playing with a bit but uh, it it one of the reasons king george is not in use anymore is that it, it's it's got three levels that are all accessed by stairs only and, and cannot be used by people with uh, wheelchairs um now uh, we think that we're gonna have a ramp access to the first floor of the building mm-hmm. or so we're um, trying to put in a whole bunch of as much art as we can in the first floor so that people with uh, mobility issues can in fact access uh, at least a part of the building um but uh, but yeah well that's definitely uh one important thing there yes uh, proper access and also uh yeah. I, I i don't know my my observation is i peterborough seems to in its past have this obsession with naming its schools after these british royal figures uh, that was one example but not the only one yeah uh, so yeah yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it might be time to move on from that. But um, well, uh, for sure. In fact, I mean, you 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 know how they built a brand new school next door. Yes. Yeah. I've seen that. Yes. So yeah. We'll know that, and and um, uh, they've certainly gone in a whole different direction uh, with the naming there because it's mm-hmm. called the Kawate East City Public School. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, just staying with public energy, but just stepping outside airing for a moment. You have like since we're in January, but you have some performances, I think one coming up in February and then one right after. I might have that a bit wrong, but can you yeah, say that- anything more about what public energy is putting on right now besides airing? Yeah, we've got um, we've got three shows to do in the theater, um, mm-hmm. in the hall um, on February 17th and 18th. We've got a um urban dance company coming from Montreal called Ebb and Flow. So this is, this is, this is right in our wheelhouse. This is, this is the kind of thing that we've been doing since, you know, 1994 (laughs) when we started up is uh, kind of bringing, bringing um, really interesting dance from around the country to, to, to Peterborough. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what this will be. Um, That's in February. And then um, in March, we have someone who's, could probably be categorized more as a performance artist or um, theater maker, um, uh, queer artist named Alexis O'Hara, um, who will be here on, um, what is it, March 24th, I believe. Mm-hmm. I get that right. um, Alexis has an amazing uh, collaborator who does wild sets and costumes, and it's going to be a, a visual treat as well as a... Um, a very thought-provoking um, and 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 kind of um, oh thought-provoking um, a very issue 
very, you know, tackles issues um, in, in, in this case, uh, um, issues around uh, kind of white supremacy and white, white fragility and whatnot. Hmm. So um, that's Alexis O'Hara uh, in March. And then in April, a deaf artist named Chris Dodd from Edmonton, who's um, a theater artist. So that'll be a, a theater work that will be done with um, American Sign Language and, uh, and uh, projections of, of uh, sur surtitles to, um, um, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to think now. Gosh, um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm right about that. Sorry to. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay I, yeah. I, I've never seen the show that mm -hmm. he's it's called Deffy. And mm -hmm. it, it's, um, it, it, it's gotten a lot of attention around the country over the last few years at different festivals. And in fact, he's going to Harborfront at a deaf arts festival the week after Peterborough um, mm -hmm. uh, to, to perform it. So this is a really... Uh, a really accomplished and important uh, art artist and theater artist in the country. Um, and that's April 19th. Okay. Well, that sounds quite interesting. All three of those. Now, is there a certain uh, uh, like uh, collaborative process or is there somebody in particular who's responsible for identifying and able to bring in these out of town artists to uh, public energy in Peterborough? Oh yeah. 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 No, we we um, we we do work with 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 you know curators if you like, mm -hmm. um, for sure. Um, and uh, um, yeah, it's not it's not just just myself. Um, uh, the the Alexis O'Hara um, uh, performance was identified for us by um, by Patty Shaughnessy, mm -hmm. a, um, a theater artist uh, living in Peterborough. Um, uh, um, and the Deffy performance was identified and, and programmed by uh, Victoria Moore Blakeney, who has been um, a curator with us uh, for about five years. Hmm. Yeah, okay. so, yeah. Uh, well, that sounds that sounds great. All that. Now, earlier you were talking about the artists in residence. Hmm. Um, do you have any sort of comments just on, uh, like? Uh, them in general or the, uh, any uh, like uh, any individuals you want to point out in there? Gosh, I mean, um, you know, the, the, the artists who are in residence this season um, are Nimki Azwamek, who's a wonderful group dancer and becoming a choreographer in his own right and a filmmaker. Um, does a lot of music videos and, and, and collaborates with musicians a lot. And it's, mm -hmm. it's branching out. Um, uh, Jen Elchuk is is one of our artists in residence, uh, who's working on a, a new uh, aerial device for her aerial circus work. Um, uh, Naomi Duvall, um, a theater uh, artist in town, is is uh, creating um, uh, a sort of a shadow shadow puppet work um, uh, with with uh, music um, and. Um, Kate Story is also an artist in residence, and uh, and um, she's also working on something brand new. And, and in fact, there's going to be a sort of a sneak preview, I th I think, hopefully for the public in, in April of of the work Kate is doing. Um, uh, we have to be a little careful about how whether we can announce. We're we're not announcing too many other public showings um, 
yet, but but hopefully she'll be able to do that. Yes, well, uh, four artists this year. Um, last year we had um, our artists in residence ended up creating work that they performed for the public in our pivot series, the outdoor series. Mm-hmm. Um, Rainy Stemu, a, a dancer, and Nicole Malbuff, a circus artist. Um, you know, that's that's a whole area that local that that, that has a, a very strong local uh, um, um, component, uh, the the circus world. Um, people like Jen Elchuk and Nicole Malbuff and Thomas Vaccaro are creating um, original um, work that kind of transcends the just a circus um, arts that, that, you know, brings in a lot of theatrical and dance arts. And so, yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that sounds excellent. Yes. Uh, so um, it sounds like you've been able to keep a, like have, combination of new new people and people you've worked with long before like i i think yeah. kate's story has a long history if i'm correct right. yeah. yeah yeah um that's something i'm really passionate about is 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 supporting artists to develop their work to greater and greater heights and and if if somebody can do that and is willing to do that then we want to stick with them and, and keep pushing them along and, and uh, kate's kate's one of those people uh, who who keeps getting better every time right. you know, put something out now for 2022 of course we have no control over any possible ford government announcements but uh do you feel a sense more uh you know there's a lot of things to be down about these days but do you feel sort of a sense of positivity perhaps that you haven't felt mm-hmm. in a while that like things perhaps yeah. can like move <laughs> forward. I'm not necessarily saying going back to what it was in 2019, but at least you feel like uh, you're able to uh, like um, meet a lot of what you, what public energy is set out to do and perhaps move in even different directions. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, 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 I'm an optimistic person by nature. So every time things look like they're opening up. I'm the one who thinks they're going to be opening up for good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, we're selling tickets for our February show at half capacity, 50%. But, you know, the government has said that in March, they're going to relax the restrictions again. And so hopefully we can maybe go to hundred percent capacity, but, but we're also doing things like, um, 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 uh, like like with a hundred with the fifty percent capacity, we're gonna we're gonna seat people at distances from each other, even though we don't have to. The restrictions don't tell us to do that, but we are going to add a few extra precautions to to what we do. Um, but but you know we're we're willing to do that, and we're we're willing to keep um, going as far as possible. You know, like a lot of people canceled their shows in February, but we never did because we thought. You know, things just might open up. So lo and behold, they did. And uh, we didn't cancel the, the dance company. They, we kept them on board and they're coming. So uh, I just think March will be better and April will be even better than that. And by May, um, it's going to be wide open. Um, the school, and because it's the school that we're using, it's actually easier to allow for for um, um, lower numbers and distancing. You know, we can people can move about and and not have to sit next to each other for for an hour or two right. you know, they can just 
they can move on their own in their own little groups from one room to another. And it really uh, is, is a, a, a good scenario if, if, you know, things start to regress for any reason, um, you know, and then uh, we could do an outdoor series again in the fall and, you know, we're going to, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely continuing on. We've also got a new, um, we've also got, got a fellow running um, uh, digital content and creating digital content for us. Um, so for instance, the March show um, with Alexis O'Hara will be um, recorded and streamed online for people who can't make it to the theater. Okay. And we're doing, we're going to do more and more of that too. It, it, is that the oh. only one that's going to be virtual, like uh, it's given in a streaming sense at the moment? Uh, yeah, that that's, that's the only one of our, of our market hall shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but then airing will also be streamed once, once it's over everything that, that happened in airing will be available online. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good because I, I, my observations in general of uh, how uh, audience is, there are some people dying to like get out and get back to like a live performance, but so many of us have been uh, kind of mm. indebted with this kind of like, I guess, lack of a better term, this Netflix kind of way of uh, doing our arts that uh, virtual seems to be like kind of, or not virtual, but streaming seems to be a very, yeah natural way of doing that and it's kind of almost expected to be as a choice sort of thing so that's good to hear that two of them anyway are going to be streaming sense yeah Yeah. um so i guess uh just uh closing off here so any interested audience members for any of the three performances coming before airing or airing itself how how to best to be uh, purchasing tickets or when, when tickets will become available, I guess, for airing. I, I yeah, know the other ones know, already are, but yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the tickets for the three market hall shows are available uh, through our website and the market hall website. And we did, we've done something special with the pricing uh, we created a pick your own price option. Hmm. You, you can, you can choose a price anywhere from $5 up to 30. So we're making it really um, easy to attend. We we don't want price to be a barrier mm-hmm. to it. So um, it's you know it's it's a uh, pick your own price. Okay, uh, that's for the shows in the market hall. And as I say, the market hall website and ours. Uh, the airing tickets are not on sale yet. They'll, they'll be on the same basis. They're really, a, they'll pay what you can kind of thing. Um, but uh, they'll go on uh, our website. Um, sometime in the next month okay well uh well i wish you all the best with this airing it does sound rather uh interesting and i guess the, when your lineup when when will the lineup be announced you said that was coming up uh, soon. yeah it'll be announced in about two weeks two weeks okay so, so I, the middle of by the middle of february latest yeah by mid- latest, yeah. okay so i i i yep. definitely recommend our audience uh Look out for that. Yeah. And um, it's pretty easy to find our website, publicenergy.ca. Right. I was just going to mention that as well. Yeah. And yeah, I, uh, 
Well, I, I hope, uh, yeah, I wish you all the best for this. And I was going to say, I, I do compliment you that you've kept a positive attitude for all of this because it seems to have paid off if we're about to have three shows even before airing itself. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that's, yes. While others may have given up, you didn't. So, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, thank you very much uh, for your time today, Bill. I'll, I'll put this together in some sort of uh, podcast format, audio, of course, and I'll, yeah. I'll send I'll send you a copy when I'm finished. So a few things before I close out today. You first were hearing there, but after the interview, Irini Stamu's Bone Stories. Uh, Irini Stamu choreographed that, and that was performed right downtown in 2020. And it's basically a dance piece. And I think public energy in a lot of ways emulates how there's so much dance talent and creativity in Peterborough. So obviously a dance on a podcast, you can see how that doesn't work very well, but I think it was best you just hear it as a background anyway, and maybe get an idea of that. I got to see some of that actually personally, and it's, it was quite uh, quite enjoyable. It most, you know, not as a breezy thing on a summer day, but more as something you have to pay attention to to see what they are saying. Now, second of all, just what Bill was going on about and what I was trying to get out of information for not just airing, but other pieces that Public Energy is doing uh, from now through the winter and the spring. So first go on publicenergy.ca. First thing happening on February 17th and 18th is Evenflow, a uh, performer from Montreal inward. Uh, it's, quote, the essence of hip hop in a show about the human psyche with raw and precise physicality, groundbreaking hip-hop choreographer Alexander Spicy Landy and six accomplished dancers plunge us into the deep waters of the consciousness and the unconsciousness. So that'll be taking place at Market, Market Hall. And then on March 24th, you have Alexis O'Hara with OOF, O-U-F-F, a uh, transdisciplinary artist whose work comprises elements of cabaret, pop music, spoken word, stand-up comedy, vocals and electronics, drag, photography, and installation. And then after that, on April 19th and 20th, you have Chris Dodd with Deffy, 
Chris Dodd has a remarkable 20-year career, first deaf graduate of the University of Alberta's drama program, founder and director of Sound Off, Canada's only theatre festival devoted to the deaf performing arts, and is an artistic associate with Workshop West Playwrights Theatre. And then finally we get to airing. So hopefully you get to experience, I know I want to at least one or two, if you can't do any more, any of the ones I said above, at least try to keep in mind, reserve the dates in May for airing, which again are on, I believe, four different performing dates. No, six, May 6th to 8th, and then 13th to 15th. And that's an all ages show. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Bill Kimball. You'll hear more different music closing the show today. Hopefully you get here to hear the hope in Corner of Hunter and George for episode six, and hopefully I get to see you again soon.